0: Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lerr, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina C. Seafood, Wallawa County Chamber of Commerce, and the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's
1: happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. And speaking of the New Year... It is officially show season. That's what winter's all about. We're talking sportsman shows, RV shows, boat shows, and we're going to tell you a lot about those today, but we got to start off. Telling you about one that's not going to happen. And unfortunately, it's not happening in my hometown of Wenatchee, Washington. The Wenatchee Valley Sportsman Show. It has been canceled. It was supposed to take place next weekend. That would have been a new date for this. It would have made it the first sportsman show of the season. But the organizer found out that a lot of the exhibitors who had been there in the past just weren't doing that anymore after COVID. So she had to cancel. Good luck to you, Amy. Wishing you the best for 2024. Hopefully you can bring this back and make it better than ever. But in the meantime, we've got other shows to tell you about on the show today. That includes the Portland Boat Show, which has become over the years the biggest sport fishing boat show perhaps in the entire nation. That is coming up soon, as well as the Tacoma RV Show, both put on by O'Loughlin Trade Shows. And Trey Karskaden is going to join us to tell you all about both of these shows. If you're in the market for either a boat or an RV, these are can't-miss shows because they're the first ones of the year and that means all the inventory is fresh and you don't want to miss them. Another show we'll tell you about is a great Rocky Sports show. Bill Ryer has been putting that on for a long time now and he's going to join us to tell you about that show that is taking place in Billings this month at the Metro Park and This is really a big deal in the Rocky Mountain States. It's actually the only sports show that's taking place in Montana this year. And folks from not only Montana, but also northern Wyoming will be flocking to Billings to to attend this one. What else do we have for you? Well, how about a little bit of mountain climbing? After all, it is the new year. A lot of you are making resolutions and maybe one of your resolutions is to scale a peak or two here in the Northwest or maybe abroad. So that's why I've got my friend AJ Metcalf joining me. He is a really interesting individual. He hails from the Wenatchee Valley and he's just got a normal day job like most of us do. But He loves to climb mountains, and not only has he climbed Mount Rainier here in the Northwest... He's gone overseas and climbed places like Kilimanjaro in Africa, the tallest peak in South America, and he's got plans to go to New Guinea and Alaska as well in the year ahead. I think you're going to really enjoy and be inspired by our conversation with A.J. Metcalf. As usual, we've got our conversations with Bob Lewis from Max Lure. He'll be talking ice fishing this week and David Sparks with Sportsman Spotlight. And yes, we do once again have one of your favorite segments. That would be our Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week where you get a chance to win a $25 gift card from America's premier outfitter. But before we do that, let's go ahead and see what David Sparks has
2: for us this week. Second day of Silver's David Sparks Sportsman Spotlight. Alaska resident and good friend Chad Hood is a wildlife biologist who loves to fish for Silver's.
3: Here he is for 10 straight years my brother would come up. We'd do our annual Huna silver fishing trips so in September in Alaska. That's when it's time to go silver fishing and that was always my number one passion or number one target was river silver fishing. And we start fishing, of course, the Huna has got one of the densest brown bear populations anywhere. Starting fishing and immediately start out and we see a bear and there's still pinks in the stream so the bears are pretty well behaved. They just leave us alone but we're fishing and we're getting into the silvers pretty good, and we're not fly fishermen on those. We usually just use spinners. Second day, we caught another dozen silvers or so, but the third day was our best day, and I got this secret spot. In a decade, I've never seen another fisherman, and we were pounding them. I think between three of us, we are allowed to keep six fish apiece, so we got our 18 fish, and I set an all-time record because we weigh all our fish, of course, and it was 14.8 pounds, which a lot of people wouldn't say is all that big, but in the creeks around them parts, the biggest I'd ever gotten in all those years. I think we had 16 bears that day, and one of them was a very curious bear, and he was ready to come across the creek. He was 100 feet away from us. was showing signs that he was interested, and so we had to make a stand against the bear, and he eventually decided it wasn't worth his effort and turned around.
2: You've probably been told that to reach a millennial farmer, you have to go digital. Hmm. Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and online publication featuring the Ag Information Network News. If you'd like to deliver information about your terrific product or service, give us a call and we'll connect you directly with our community of loyal farmer listeners. Reach real farmers right here, right now, as they listen to what is important to their farm operation. They trust us, they'll trust you. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight.
4: Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com.
1: You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got Trey Karskidded on the line. He's with the Laughlin Trade Shows, and it being show season, we've got a couple shows coming up quick to tell you about. Trey, good to have you on the air again. Thank you, John. Good to be with you. We are kicking off the new year with a big boat show in Portland, the Portland Boat Show. What are the dates? What's the location?
5: Portland Expo Center, as usual, and January 11th through the 15th. So that's a Wednesday through Sunday event.
1: This show has really grown over the years, and you and I were talking on the air on a different show about the fact that this has really become perhaps the biggest venue for sport fishing boats in the entire nation.
5: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we have everything there. You know, we have yachts and cruisers and pontoons and PWCs. You know, we have all the different boating types represented, but this really is kind of the epicenter of sport fishing boats in the country. And it's evolved that way. And really what got us there, John, was all the welded aluminum manufacturers. So it was the largest uh, welded aluminum, of welded aluminum in the world at the Portland Boat Show. And that dawned on us, you know, as we started looking around, and just nobody had the kind of representation in that category that the Portland Boat Show had. And then when you add in all the other uh, styles of fishing boats, everything from the big sport fishers, you know, the offshore stuff and the big center consoles, to you know the smaller aluminum and, and fiberglass, you know, we're unquestionably the largest display of fishing boats in the country. So, you know, just by virtue of you know how things have evolved, it put us really in kind of the catbird seat there. And this year, John, we have in new boats over two hundred thousand square feet of space in new boats, but also, and this is a first for the show, over sixty thousand square feet of used boats. It's the largest display of used boats that we've ever had as well. So we're giving shoppers a lot to look at. And for the first time in, you know, maybe three years, we have some aluminum boats, heavy gauge welded aluminum that will be available for sale and immediate delivery through the show. You know, as is the case with all these shows, both this and the RV shows, it's, you know, the early bird gets, you know, the, the best choice. So the folks that, you know, start shopping opening day, You know, the fact is that these are the first major shows of the year. This is the first major boat show. You know, there'll still be good inventory by the weekend, but the best inventory, the best selection will be on opening day.
1: Well, and you bring up a good point there, because there's going to be a boat show in Seattle towards the end of January, and there'll be boat shows continuing on through the winter and into spring. But you're right. These dealers that are attending all of these shows Get the first crack in Portland. Make the drive to Portland because you're not going to find a better selection than what you're going to find right there.
5: You're right. And there's some really cool, cool new stuff that we have coming this year. We have a thing from CDU called the Switch which is a new, price-accessible pontoon. There's just too many features to list on it, but, I mean, it's it's a very, very different pontoon boat. The Smoker Craft 20-foot Phantom, it's a 100th anniversary edition. It's going to be at the show and available for immediate delivery. Lund is coming with a big display again, just like they had last year, and that was great for Pacific Boatland. You know, uh, Dave Lanfear there had some inventory. Mercury's new V10 outboard, the 350 horse and 400 horse, will be at the show. There'll be a a deep inventory of smoker craft. There's going to be some Duckworth available, some Thunderjet available at the shows. And we're learning every day. uh, Wellcraft is going to be there. We're learning every day, you know, the new models that are coming And There's a bunch of new cool
1: stuff. Oh, sounds exciting. And I guess we should also point out, it's not just boats. You've got a lot of accessories too. You just talked about one outboard motors, but there's a lot more than that, isn't there?
5: There is. You know, Portland Marine Electronics brings their big electronics display. And so, you know, you have that, and they're expert in in that. So you have also uh, those folks to rely on for advice. But also England Marine, every year, and it's a a huge part of the show, is their huge accessories display. And, I mean, literally hundreds of crab traps go out of that thing. But they'll have electric and manual davits. They'll have all kinds of boating accessories and supplies. They'll have Daiwa beef stick salmon trolling rods there for sale, you know, kill bags, you know, on and on and on. So it's it's a very popular part of the show. And also, I think it's important to note that uh, you know, generally, you know, having outboards available wouldn't be a big attraction to the show. But again, the last couple of years, uh, they've been hard to come by. And we literally have people coming out from the Great Lakes, John, out to the Portland Boat Show because – we have outboard available. There'll be a, a Mercury's from 150 horse down to the small trolling motors in good supply and available for immediate delivery.
1: All right. Again, that's the Portland Boat Show taking place at the Expo Center in Portland, January 11th through the 15th. All sorts of great reasons to attend no matter where you live in the Northwest. Let's talk about the show that comes right after that, the Tacoma RV Show, because boy, oh boy, RVing has just blown up as a thing to do in the wake of the COVID pandemic.
5: It really has. The Tacoma show, again, first major show of the year. You know, there's a great selection. It's all there, including, and it's important, particularly for the outdoor crowd dimension, the representation of overland rigs. So, you know, we'll have not only the overlanding, you know, vans, you know, the Class B motorhomes but the, you know, the converted vans, but also overland trailers, you know, the, the rooftop tents, And it's probably the biggest display of trailers in in the state. I mean, there's hundreds of travel trailers there, but, you know, Class A motorhomes, Class B and C motorhomes, fifth wheels, toy haulers, minis, everything's there. And the Tacoma Dome is literally filled to capacity with inventory. And it's a... Again, you know, like the boat show, early bird gets the RV. So getting there Thursday, which is opening day of the show, is you know going to be a benefit to serious shoppers. And in the case of both of these shows, John, I mean, the, the real advantage is you get to see literally hundreds of different models, and in the case of RVs, floor plans all side by side in one place, not going from dealer to dealer. It's the ultimate. RV and in the case of boats, boating, shopping experience, because there's nowhere else that you can have, you know, that kind of shopping experience except at one of these shows.
1: The dates, by the way, folks, are January 19th through the 22nd. The location is the Tacoma Dome for the Tacoma RV show. And just like Trey said, the early bird gets the worm. If you want first crack at all the inventory these dealers are bringing, this is the show to go to. You know, sticking with overlanding, this has become... Quite the fad over the last couple of years, and it might be the the fastest growing segment of RVing, don't you think I do I mean w- when we added
5: it down here in our Portland show, we were blown away by the reception, and uh now we're we're doing the same thing up in Tacoma, and you know earlier in the fall when when we uh had some overlay and they represented, you know there were folks who showed up to to buy and uh there's a lot of interest in this and, and it's not just in the under forty crowd this is really. You know, all age groups have kind of embraced this at different levels. You know, some of them like the rooftop camping option. You know, that's typically a younger buyer. But we're seeing a lot of folks that are retired that are buying these Class B, these converted vans that they're using for off road use. The beauty of the overlanding experience is you don't have to go to an RV park or you can take it anywhere. Right. And that's what they're doing. They're going anywhere they want, off road or, you know, in a
1: Walmart. So it's a complete RV. All right. Well, it's the Tacoma RV show presented by the Boeing Employee Credit Union. And are they going to have on-site financing again there this year? They will. They will. And just a, a quick note. For the the
5: boat show, we have a two-for-one admission coupon uh, for all days of the show. We have a free parking in Portland at the Expo Center after five on weekdays, and it's free parking always at the Tacoma Dome. And there's a discount coupon for the Tacoma RV Show available online at TacomaRVShow.com.
1: That website, again, TacomaRVShow.com for the Tacoma RV Show, January 19th through the 22nd, the Tacoma Dome. And the Portland Boat Show, the website for that is PDXBoatShow.com. That one's January 11th through the 15th. If you're in the market for a boat, if you're in the market for an RV, these are shows you won't want to miss. Trey, thanks as always. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure.
4: Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com.
0: Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Minute,
1: brought to you by Max Lur. With us again is Bob Loomis. Welcome aboard, Bob. Thank you, John. So let's talk hard water ice fishing. Tis the season for it, especially for perch. And whether you're at Cascade Lake or any other lake here in the greater Northwest, this is a, a lot of fun for a lot of folks, isn't it?
0: Oh, I'll tell you what. I have noticed this, you know, since we've we've really kind of gotten into the ice fishing program uh the last four or five years it is actually really growing out here in the pacific northwest
1: especially in northeast washington in particular you've got pro staffers like eric magnuson that look forward to this all year long what do a lot of folks like to use for ice fishing when it comes to catching perch specifically
0: you know, you can use a lot of different types of products. Uh, some of the stuff that we use is, I'll use a 16th ounce sonic bait fish. You know, I can get a lot of different types of movement out of it. But one of the things that, that we've had forever, I mean, it was one of the original product lines uh, when Mac started 54 years ago, and that was the uh, glow hooks. And the glow hooks, you know, you can fish them straight, split shot them down, and tip them with a maggot or a mealworm. Or, or a perch eye or a perch eye. Perch eye works great, but the glow hooks are fantastic because they're a non-buoyant material, and it is fantastic regardless of what depth you're fishing at because you can glow them up, you know, hit them with a a charger, and tip it with a little piece of bait. You can also fish them in conjunction with other lures. We take them, and I'll tie like a three-inch leader with the glow hook on it to a sonic bait fish.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
0: that's where I caught some of my biggest fish at Cascade a couple of years ago.
1: Well, give the Glow Hook a try. Maybe pair it with a Sonic Bait fish and get into those schools of perts once you find them under the ice. You can find the Glow Hook and the Sonic Bait fish at sporting goods stores near you or online anytime at MaxLure.com.
0: That's the sound you hear when a fish hits the new Sonic Baitfish from Max Lure Company. This metal lure can be cast, trolled, or jigged, and will catch just about anything that swims in the sea, the river, or the lake. The Sonic Baitfish has a unique vibration and flutter that can be rigged in seven different ways. With all sorts of eye-catching colors and weights available, you'll be reaching for the Sonic Baitfish as your go-to lure. It's the Sonic Baitfish. Only from Max Lure Company.
4: A seafood bounty is waiting for you on Northwest Oregon's Tillamook Coast. Catch a limit of big salmon, haul up a pot of delicious crab, plan your visit today at TillamookCoast.com.
2: Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com.
1: back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've been talking about shows because it is the new year and it is the season for sportsman shows. And if you are listening today in Wyoming or Montana, you're probably going to be interested in the Great Rocky Sports Show. That is taking place January 20th through the 22nd at the Metro Park Expo Center in Billings, Montana. And with us here, to tell you more about it, is a man who's been putting it together for quite some time now, Bill Ryer. Bill, Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show.
6: Well, thank you. Happy New Year to you, and uh, thanks for having me
1: on the show. So, how long have you been putting the Great Rocky Sports Show together now?
6: This will be the 23rd year that I've been doing this, and that includes, if you include the year that we didn't do the show, the COVID year, where everything got canceled. So, technically, uh, 22 years we've been active in doing these
1: shows. Now, in the past, you've had smaller versions of this in places like bozeman and missoula and helena but now you've just got the one in billings so this is literally a can't miss event if you're in the rocky mountain states isn't it
6: that's right we've got the big show in billings and it kind of covers well we get it draws from a wide geographical area not only montana but it also draws from the northern half of wyoming so it's uh It's a fun show, it's a big show, and it's just uh, been going on really since 1980s, because I took it over back, oh, probably about 15 years ago I took it over. No, probably about 18 years ago, I think it was, where I bought the show. So yeah, it's been uh, an active part of people's calendar year since the 1980s, I guess you'd say.
1: (laughs) How many exhibitors do you have at this show?
6: This year, we're still growing back from our COVID years. So it's right around 100, I think, right now. Gotcha. Um, so a lot of people will have double booths and stuff like that. But the number of exhibitors is, is around 100. Before COVID, it was uh, you know up to 150 or so. And so uh, we're working our way back here to those normal years slowly. So next year should be even more.
1: Well, it's funny you mention that. The landscape has certainly changed when it comes to sportsman shows, and those COVID years really knocked the show circuit back in a big way. We mentioned earlier in the show that The Wenatchee Valley Sportsman Show, which closed for two years with COVID, was unable to proceed this year because they just found that a lot of the the exhibitors just weren't exhibiting anymore after COVID. So I understand the challenges, but even though you've only got 100, you've got quite a variety. Obviously, you've got lodges and outfitters that are going to be there, and some of those are from Montana, but you've got quite a few from north of the border too, don't you? We do. We've got uh, people, of course, from Canada that are coming down, lodges and outfitters. We've
6: got a lot of folks from Alaska. And then, of course, we do have a lot of people from Africa too, African outfitters. We even got lodges from New Zealand. So quite a wide geographical area. It's kind of an international show when you get right down to it because we've got so many people coming from outside of the country.
1: I know a lot of folks come to these shows because they're in the market for RVs or boats. And you actually are going to have some courtesy of Pierce RV and Marine, which is the presenting sponsor of the show.
6: That's right. A big part of the show, I would say half of it, is uh, RVs, boats, and power sports. So everyone's kind of been uh, dreaming about camping here. I don't know over there. I think you guys got as much snow as we did over here in Montana. But people have been kind of getting cabin fever, I think, and uh, now they're starting to think a little bit about camping and boating and stuff like that when the spring uh, hits and the summer comes around. And so that's a great place for people to come down and uh, shop and compare. We've got six dealers on site that are going to be there to uh, show people what they have. And so it's going to be a great place for people to go and do some shopping for the weekend for their new RV
7: or boat.
1: Are you going to have any retailers present? I know that's a big draw for a lot of folks is getting some good deals from in terms of fishing lures or fishing rods, that sort of thing.
6: Yes, we've got a lot of people selling outdoor-related gear. So if it's uh, fishing lures you want, we've got guys that are selling fishing equipment, and we've also got people selling clothing. So, yeah, we've got a lot of retail stuff for people to come and look at and try things on and, again, get ready for summer.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. I am so ready for summer already. It has been a a long, cold winter, and we're not even halfway through winter yet. All right, let's talk about something else here. Seminars. Do you have any seminars at this show? Yes, we do. We've
6: got part of the show that people really enjoy. So we've got uh, whether it's elk hunting seminars We've got uh, walleye fishing seminars scheduled, and we even got people that are going to be doing seminars on scuba diving. So scuba diving is popular for a lot of people, and so there's going to be scuba diving seminars there also. And so, yeah, people can come down, not only shop, they can also come down and learn
1: something. Scuba diving seminars, I got to admit, I would expect to see that like maybe uh, in the Portland or the Puyallup shows in the Pacific Northwest. Not something I expected to find out about in Billings, Montana. Yeah, it's
6: just uh, people that uh, are going outdoors, there's alternatives to hunting and fishing too to enjoy the great outdoors. And so we've got people there that will uh, teach you and show you a little bit about scuba diving, how you can do that, how you can get trained for it so that uh, you can go scuba diving, whether it's in a mountain lake or overseas, down in Mexico, the Caribbean. It's becoming real popular, and people are really enjoying that activity. And so people, if they want, they can learn about it and see how to go about doing that.
1: I know a lot of folks are going to be bringing their kids. Do you have any family attractions or kids attractions this year? We do.
6: We have our regular staples that are always popular, whether it's the catch-and-release uh, kids' trout ponds that we have. We've got a place where kids can go and go mining for gemstones and fossils. What they do is they get a bag of mining, rough and they sift it out in our uh, 24-foot sluice box with running water. And they get to keep all the gemstones and fossils and take it home with them along with a, a brochure to help identify what they found. Uh, also new this year, we've got the Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show. And that's our uh, big entertainment feature this year. So they're going to have multiple shows daily, whether it's uh, throwing the axe, chainsaws, or they're going to be doing the uh, competition on the logs in the water where they try to knock each other off. Oh, yeah. And uh, see who's the best uh, log roller, I guess you'd call it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, all sorts of reasons to attend the Great Rocky Sports Show in Billings, Montana. Again, the dates are January 20th through the 23rd. It's at the Metropark Expo Center. Bring the family. Have some fun. The website to go to to find out more is greatrockieshow.com. That's GreatRockiesShow.com. Bill, again, Happy New Year. Hope you have a great show, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.
6: Hey, well, thank you so much for having me, John. I appreciate it, and you take care.
1: It is a new year, and I know a lot of you listening today have made resolutions to maybe lose weight or eat healthier. And one way to eat healthy is to eat more seafood. And if you want to eat some great seafood, you need to check out SinaSea.com. That's the website for Sea. They will deliver wild-caught Alaskan seafood right to your door. And it all comes in meal-sized portions, Absolutely perfect for eating healthy and eating delicious seafood. You can have your choice of salmon to include Copper River Sockeye Salmon or King Salmon or Coho Salmon. And if you like the whitefish, there is halibut, which is always delicious. They've got Cod, they've got sablefish, and more. So check out all the offerings that they will deliver right to your door at senasea.com. The website again, S-E-N-A-S-E-A. That's senasea.com, helping you to eat healthier in this new year.
0: More habitat equals more wildlife. Pheasants Forever is working hard every day to ensure there's more wildlife habitat for the future. Join the Habitat Leader and help create wildlife habitat in your community. To join us, go to pheasantsforever.org.
1: Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. I got my friend A.J. Metcalf on the line. He hails from the Wenatchee Valley in north central Washington. He is an avid mountain climber, self-taught no less. A.J., welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I want to talk about some of the places you've climbed, but before I do that, let's start off with how you got bit with the mountain climbing bug and and how you got into this passion.
7: Sure. Really, it all started with... My career, essentially, I started learning a lot of climbing when I started working for Verizon Climbing Towers, and then I got into a lot of rope access work, and I really liked working on the ropes and uh, doing a lot of the rappelling and the, the ascension and stuff like that. And, you know, I always was a hiker, but from there I started thinking maybe I should go out and try to tackle some of these
1: bigger mountains. What was the first big mountain that you climbed? The first big mountain
7: that I ever climbed was Kilimanjaro in Africa. I had done a lot of stuff prior around here, but I would consider that to be like my first actual achievement.
1: Now, Mount Kilimanjaro, what is it, 20,000 feet in elevation? I understand it's not so much a climb as it is a very long and steep walk.
7: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I think we're at 19,000... Let's see. It's uh, 5,895 meters. I just looked at my plaque on the wall there. <laughs> <laughs> and you're absolutely right about that. It is more like a long walk, but the route that I took ends up with a, like a very steep scramble. Only 5% of the people who summit Kilimanjaro go via the Western Breach. That's the route that I opted to take because it looked a little more challenging, a little more fun, and definitely proved to be that
1: as if climbing to Africa's highest mountain wasn't challenging enough. Let's head back to the Pacific Northwest because I know one mountain you've climbed several times is Mount Rainier, and you're going to be climbing it again. What brings you back to this mountain?
7: Well, the challenge, I've summited before and I've failed before. Honestly, I failed in October, and, you know, failure is a big part of this endeavor. So uh, we decided that we're going to go ahead and go back in the winter when the conditions are better, and there's actually a possibility.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that. Most people, when they think of mountain climbing, I think a lot of folks think of it as a summer sport, but with Mount Rainier, you're saying the conditions are better in the winter. Is that because of crevasses and that sort of thing?
7: Well, in this case, it was. Actually, I think the climbing season, we hit it late this year, and uh, the climbing season for Rainier would probably be May until early June. You know, Typically, people can summit all throughout the summer, but uh, this year, we lost a lot of snowpack really early, and crevasses started opening up, and it got very dangerous, a lot of impassable stuff.
1: Well, we're certainly making up for it in the Northwest this year with lots of snow, so I wish you luck on your next attempt. Now, you've climbed other mountains around the world, too. One of them in South America, it's a mountain I don't think many people know about.
7: Yeah, Aconcagua. It's... a uh, 23,000 feet, like 6,900 meters, right around there. And that one is a very beautiful experience. It's a lot of time to put into it. We did 18 days, and most of that is acclimatization, making sure you're feeling well, camping high, walking back, camping low, packing up to another camp, packing back down, and uh, just gradually moving your way up the mountain. But Aconcagua is great. Now, is this mountain in Peru? Oh, this is in Argentina.
1: Okay, okay. And is this the tallest mountain in South America?
7: Yes, this is actually the tallest
1: mountain in the entirety of the Americas. Oh my goodness, okay. Here's another question. Now, these climbs you've done, obviously Kilimanjaro is is a walk. Mount Rainier does require some ropes and, and climbing. What about this one in South America?
7: Honestly, Aconcagua is not highly technical. It's more of... An endurance and uh, like a physical health type of thing that's going to get you to the top of it. There are some technical aspects. There's a little bit of cable, cable work and a couple of tie-off points when you get closer to, you know, the high camps. Other than that, it's mainly just a long stretch of endurance, you know, crampons, but not too much rope and technical stuff.
1: Now, I know last year... You were hoping to scale Mount McKinley, also known as Denali, and you were scheduled to go with a guide. And the guide actually got killed in a climbing accident. Is that right? Yes.
7: That was actually two years ago that I had
1: paid for that
7: venture, and unfortunately, he it wasn't a climbing accident, but it was in the Denali range. Him and his wife at the time both skied into a crevasse, and fortunately, his wife was able to survive, but he did not make it through the... Through the experience.
1: And and I understand that even though he passed, you were still considering to do it yourself. And the National Park Service Rangers at the park basically told you, this is not a good idea. You're not going to survive if you try to do what you're trying to do.
7: Yeah, I, and that was, uh, that was last year in June. I had that scheduled. They told me uh, they would let me go, but... It was very unwise for me to try to solo that late in the year because of some of the same issues that I ran across on my last attempt at Mount Rainier. You know, crevasses opening. It was just unsafe to travel without a group. And uh, my plan again this year in May is to go for a solo attempt at Denali.
1: And that was my next question. You know, you are always going on these exciting climbs, so Denali is gonna be one of your trips and a solo attempt no less. That is a, a brave thing to do. What else do you have on the calendar when it comes to climbing mountains?
7: Got March scheduled right now for Karsten's Pyramid in Papua New Guinea. And that one is uh probably the most technical out of the seven that I'm chasing right now. It's like a sheer Rock face for 2,500 feet or so.
1: Oh my gosh. So, one final question here for those folks that are listening. You know, it is the new year. A lot of folks are considering resolutions, and some of them might be considering climbing some mountains for the new year. What advice would you give people who maybe want to do this and have never done it before?
7: Sure. I would say make sure that you're healthy, purchase adequate equipment. And then just work your way up. Get comfortable with elevation and altitude. Because altitude is the main thing that's going to uh, deter somebody from this.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I I have vivid memories of hiking up in the Continental Divide in Colorado at over 10,000 feet and suffering altitude sickness. And it wasn't so very fun. So acclimating to altitude, wise advice indeed. That's AJ Metcalf, folks. You can find him on Facebook and... Again, he's climbing mountains all over the place, and I hope he's inspired you to do the same. AJ, wishing you the best of luck at Denali and New Guinea and all the other peaks that you're going to summit in the years ahead.
7: Hey, thanks. Looking forward to getting back on here after I accomplish a couple of these. I look
1: forward to it as well. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, John. a new Year is here, and you know what that means—it's show season, and the O’Laughlin Trade Shows has all sorts of great shows coming your way. To include the Portland Boat Show at the Expo Center, January 11th through the 15th. The Tacoma RV Show will be happening at the Tacoma Dome, January 19th through the 22nd. And then we’ve got the Sportsman Shows. New dates here for the Washington Sportsman Show, February 1st through the 5th at the Fairgrounds in Puyallup. And the huge Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show will be taking. Taking place February 15th through the 19th at the Expo Center in Portland. This is the second biggest show in the entire nation. If you can't make it to Portland, there's always the Seattle RV Show February 16th through the 19th at the Lumen Field Event Center. And last but not least, the Central Oregon Sportsman Show March 9th through the 12th. Find out more at OTShows.com. That's OTShows.com for all of these great shows.
0: Before we go today, we've got time for one last shot of
1: Northwestern Outdoors Radio with your host, John Cruz. I know what you're thinking. It's time for our Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And I do love promoting Sportsman's Warehouse. After all, they are America's premier outfitter, and they've got everything you need for hunting and fishing and anything else you want to do outdoors, from kayaking to hiking to camping and more check out Sportsman's Warehouse. There's 125 locations around the nation, and a lot of them are right here in the greater Northwest. So go to a store near you or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. But instead of our trivia question of the week, this time around, I want to tell you about one of the great influences on me when it comes to radio broadcasting. Now, a lot of folks think that the greatest radio broadcaster of all was Rush Limbaugh, and he certainly was a very talented radio broadcaster with talent from God, as he always said. But my two favorites were actually Paul Harvey was number one. And Paul Harvey, he was the guy that I would literally like to, Thousands of other people in America sit in the parking lot before going in from a lunch break and listen to the rest of the story. You always had to hear the end of what Paul Harvey had to say because he was just such a great storyteller. And speaking of great storytellers, I am mourning the loss of Don West. Now, Don was a big fish in a small pond here in Wenatchee, Washington. He started out with pretty humble beginnings. You know, he worked at TGI Fridays with his wife, Terry, and he had great stories about working at TGI Fridays in Indianapolis because the Indianapolis Colts would come in there and he had some really good stories about some of the big stars that would tip not so very good when they came in and he was just a sports maniac. Now, Don, after that, joined TNA Wrestling as a color commentator, and he was a really good color commentator. In fact, he was so good that he got hired by the Shop at Home Network. (laughs) What a pitchman Don was. He was known for pitching baseball cards in particular, but he pitched a lot of different things. In fact, he was such an enthusiastic and talented pitchman that Will Ferrell, of all people, ended up imitating him on Saturday Night Live. In one skit in particular was hilarious where Will Ferrell acting as Don West was actually selling Mark Hamill from Star Wars. That was a very, very funny piece. And Will was also inspired by Don to go ahead and have his own little show on Jimmy Kimmel show called The Knife Guys with Ryan Gosling. Definitely worth checking out on YouTube. You will definitely laugh when you see this one. Don West, man, he was a pitch man. And when he came to Wenatchee, he actually was the marketing manager for the Wenatchee Wild Hockey Team. And from there, he started a sports show on our flagship station, AM560 KPQ. And the show eventually evolved to three hours. And one thing I learned from Don was how to treat your sponsors and promote your sponsors on the air. Because Don, at his core, was a storyteller. And he wouldn't just read an ad that was written out on a script about a sponsor. He wouldn't just play a produced ad for a sponsor. He would tell a story, a different story, every week, about each of his individual sponsors. And the stories were so good, you didn't even really care that you were hearing an advertisement because he was just such a talented pitchman that you loved hearing whatever he was going to say. At any rate, Don had been battling brain lymphoma. Since June of 2021, that's about the time he went off the air, and he passed away last week. He was 59 years old, and I'm going to truly miss him. Again, he has inspired me to do things differently on my radio show when it comes to my sponsors, and I am only a shadow of what he ever was. But I will always be grateful to Don, and I will always appreciate the talent that he brought to the airwaves. Don, rest in peace, Terry. God bless you and to all of Don's family and friends. You are in my prayers for both comfort and healing. On that note, we have got to go. But until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors.